This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And indeed it is, Judd's Hockey Show, a late-night edition, a fight-filled edition. The Wild lose tonight 3-1 to to the Winnipeg Jets here at XL Energy Center. I am in the building uh, downstairs. Declan Goff is uh, at his abode as um, we gather to talk about what was a game filled with a lot of good old-fashioned hatred. Even though Logan Stanley did not play, he's the guy that uh, got Krill when they played last time, and Krill missed about a month. But um, there was some good, good hatred in this game. Uh, There's plenty to talk about here, Dex. Um, We'll get to the fisticuffs, which included a late heavyweight brawl between Lowry and Reeves, and uh, and then got a little bit more wild from there. I think Felino challenged the Jets bench, and then I think when he was let, let away from the Jets bench, Jake Middleton went and challenged part of the bench as well, which is good for them. And we thought basketball games took it long at the last two minutes of the game. I mean, my, um, that's the longest last minutes of a hockey game I think I've ever seen, Jeff. Oh, God, that's that's old school, man. I saw, <laughs> I, I once saw at the old Met, Tim Trimper came out of the penalty box, or was it Dino, and jumped the guy, um, mm. skated cross ice. It was just, it was it wasn't um, – it was reminiscent of tonight. That was a little bit more brutal. You'd probably be suspended for about 10 games now. But anyway, this was uh, this was in- interesting. And, by the way, by winning the game, uh, the Jets eliminate the Nashville Predators. They are going to be the eighth and final seed in the Western Conference, which probably means at this rate they'll get the abs, so have, have fun with that. I think it was Daryl Sutter, the Calgary Flames coach, who I'm sure is going to be fired here very soon, who said – last year that playing the the abs in the first round was basically a waste of 10 days so enjoy your waste of 10 days winnipeg jets um let's start with this declan so last night the wild came back and won and they didn't take uh, a slew of regulars to chicago to rest them uh basically indicating that they thought we're going to finish third let's rest guys uh tonight they dressed everybody basically mm-hmm. and yet despite that and this is where I have questions, okay? I know that the Wild feels that their fate is sealed, but and I, I get not wanting to get guys hurt. I even agree with that. But you know what rubbed me the wrong way tonight about this performance? Kirill Kaprizov was a one-man show. Mm-hmm. Like, if they were supposed to stand down, nobody told the star of the team. Marcus Johansson played his ass off. The second period for the second consecutive night was abysmal. Unfortunately, then, because of that Pionk uh, cross-check, which got him a five-minute major late in the game, which is going to be a little consolation to the Wild, I'm concerned that Johansson could have, like, broke some ribs there. That did not look good. Um, but 
I also have fear if you're going to dress your team. Um, I don't like it when Kirill is basically playing his ass off and everybody else seems, or too, I shouldn't say everybody, too many guys seem content just to get the game done. That sort of reminds me of what backfired in the series against the Blues last season uh, in the playoffs where Kirill was just unbelievable and outstanding and everybody else was sort of watching him play. Um, I don't like that, and I had a couple folks on Twitter say, you know, calm down, cool down, it's fine, relax, chill. I don't want to chill. You don't win playoff series by chilling. You win playoff series. If Kirill Kaprizov is going to go out there and play his butt off, I want everyone to play like Kirill. He's your, he is your team. He's your most important player. Everyone else tonight, aside from Johansson, for the most part, took the, the second period off, and 97's out there busting his hump, finally scores a goal in this game. I didn't like the approach for too much of tonight's game. Yeah, I mean, this was a dress rehearsal for the most part. Um you had mostly this the, the, your A lineup in, if you will. Uh, I know Faber didn't play. And to be honest, I, I don't take a lot of issue with that. Um, it's the back-to-back. They're going to get Dumba back in there. He's had a crazy, like, last 48-plus hours. So I, I wasn't I wasn't pulling my hair out over the decision to not play Brock Faber after a very impressive NHL debut 24 hours ago. But, yeah, I mean, for a dress rehearsal and for a team that, like, Winnipeg had a lot to play for, obviously, tonight. And you kind of wanted to see the wild at least match that. And if they if they weren't going to dress guys, Judd, I think this is different, right? Like if they put out the JV squad again, like they did in Chicago, and that's the and that's the result. You know, you and I and probably a lot of other fans and analysts are probably saying, "Oh, okay, like they're packing in a little bit. They don't want to risk anything. They know where they're going to be in the in the standing. So let's just not worth not not uh, risk losing another player." Marcus Johansson left with an injury. I saw our friend Jesse Pierce tweet out. There's no update on that. That sounds like, like Sam, broken ribs. Sam Steele got sick. Uh, okay. That's why he was pulled. Well, yeah, because he watched the first period plus of the game. He's like, I'm going to puke. But, uh, but you know, you just don't want to see them lose another. You don't want to see them lose the way they did because Kirill was awesome. But at the same time, you don't want like If they lose Marcus Johansson, who has been phenomenal for them over this type of game towards the end, especially in those last two minutes that were just another gog show. I mean, I know Judd loves that style of hockey and it brings him back to his youth to a degree. You love it to a degree. It brings you back to your old well, days. Yeah. But it's not necessary. Well, what I didn't like was why is 97 out there late? Like you're down by two goals, and I know you're on a power play, but he like he like wants to fight. Like he's engaging guys. I don't want that. No. I, I just, I got it. Here's my problem. I'm growing concerned about how this team I'm growing concerned about Dean and I'm growing concerned about what's going on here. And, and um, this is a team that you have to push the right buttons with and like, okay, it's three to one. I know you're on a power play. I know you've got the goaltender pulled and Kaprizov is your best player and he's busted his ass all night. But when I see Pionk throw that unnecessary, I think suspendable cross check. Oh yeah. Into Johansson, do I want 97 out there at that point? No, I don't. You know, last night you rest guys. Like, like, what's the message here? And again, to your point of, you know, it's a dress rehearsal potentially. I have no idea who's going to play on Thursday against the Preds. Maybe nobody. I don't know. Yeah, no one. 
should play. So Literally that's fine. Normal. And I'm fine with that. But if tonight is your, it's, it's, you know, the playoffs will start what next Monday or Tuesday. If this is your last game, I'm not with the masses who say, well, I mean, you know, they're not playing hard because they're waiting. Like that's how you get hurt. Like it's one thing to sit guys like they did last night. Okay. But there's no upside to going out there and not expending maximum effort because when you actually pull back, that's how you get hurt. Like there, there's just, I, and it's small stuff, but like tonight it just bugged me because I'm watching that. And again, I'm seeing Kirill and Johansson to a certain degree fly up and down the ice. And like Kirill is working his ass off again and everybody, and, and yet the whole team is like the second period was an abomination. I thought so like, are you going to be prepared? Right. It was a it was a little bit of a gong show towards the end, and and I didn't love what Winnipeg was doing towards the end. And look, that's a team again that had a lot to play for. They're trying to get into the playoffs, so they're going to go out and give their absolute best and play at a effort that's probably a lot higher than what the Wild were going to give tonight. Um, but I, I I just I didn't like the way Winnipeg was going after things. And then if the Wild are going to dress their players, then you know why why are there stars out there? Why are there good players out there towards the end there? And why are you kind of facilitating and basically stooping to the level of Winnipeg. That's what I personally did not like, especially towards the end there. I know they got this six on four because of the major penalty. And, you know, I, I didn't love flowers play tonight either. I know we could probably get into that as well. Sure. Um, but I, I just, I didn't, I didn't love the wilds effort tonight. Yeah. I mean, they're going to rein right. it in against Nashville. I mean, rein it in as in they're going to play their, their backups and they're going to essentially be third place here. We'll wait and see who they're going to play in the playoffs about by about this time next week. Um, but I, I just didn't like the effort. I didn't like stooping to Winnipeg's level. And no, it's not, it honestly is kind of too bad. Cause I mean, this could be a fun playoff series. Like if that was a play, I mean, if that was a playoff game, I mean, my God, like, you know, Winnipeg and Minnesota now have a lot of history here. The proximity, obviously rivalries right there with them just being across the border. Yep. Um, but, but oh, man, yeah, I, 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 that could have been a lot of fun. We'll see what happens now uh, going forward next week. I guess my question is, can you come next Monday or Tuesday, can you turn it on at that point in time? Like, can you ratchet it back up? And I don't mean Kirill, because he always does. I mean the entire team. The other thing, too, that I didn't like about tonight is I felt like they started to watch Kirill again. He is not – he is an unbelievable player. He needs everybody else pulling their weight, and I get it. Zuccarello now is snake bit as hell. Like, he had two or three chances. Hellenbach made that great save. With a stick on Zuccarello, there was another one, I think, in the second period. Zuccarello had a chance and didn't score on. Um, but Kirill Kaprizov needs everybody else pulling their weight. Like, they cannot stand around and say, well, you know what? We got one of the best players in the league, so we'll be fine. That's absolute folly. Um, and so, yeah, that's my question is, can you turn it back on now? Can you just – because you're – like, you're going to take time off now, which th- I'm fine with that. But you're going to take time off. You're going to start to ramp it back up by practicing. And then when you step on the ice for game one, can you have this thing fine-tuned? Because it has not been consistently of of late. And I'm going to tell you, if you thought tonight's game, and yet you're right, it turned into a gong show at at the end. I'm not trying to imply that a playoff game is going to look like that. But if you think tonight was tough, tonight ain't got nothing on the playoffs. Right. Right. Like it is every night is hell in the playoffs. That's what makes it so great. So I don't want excuses. I don't want people bitching at the referees. You know what? They you can't control that crap. 
The only thing you can control is your effort. And that is something that, you know, they've got to get right for 60 minutes, not 42. And Hellebeck was phenomenal tonight. But, man, there was so many of those saves and missed opportunities. just reminded me. I tweeted this out a little cheeky, but I was kind of being serious. It felt like Jake Allen in 2017. Like, how many times can the net be that GD open? How many times can you be looking right at the back of it and not put the puck back in the net? And yep. that's been a theme with the wild teams in playoffs where they just cannot score goals at all. And that's where it felt a little like foreshadowing of like, is this, is this going to be how this goes? I mean, I've, I've kind of said to you that Jake Ottinger, even though he's played a lot, he can steal some playoff series here. Like he can go, he can no, get hot right. and, right. and he can carry you. He can carry that team to a first round series win. And if not more, so they, they have to cash in those opportunities. You can't be, literally be getting putting the puck on the back of the stick by Helen Buck. Like as much as those were crazy saves, he was lucky to get those saves. The wild have to bury those chances. You can't have those come playoff time. Yeah. In, including the uh, one, which was, I think pretty much an empty net for Kaprizov that he had two chances, including the backhand that he put literally, it looked like across the goal line, but it definitely did not go, go in. But yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Like this is a team that has been here before and you have to bury those like you have to i expect goaltenders in the playoffs at times to play fantastic but there are certain goals tonight that the wild did not score that if they don't score them in playoff games will be inexcusable absolutely inexcusable the other thing too is this and we're getting closer and closer now and here's my question are we going to see dean make in-game adjustments more like tonight he didn't and he didn't really have to i get that but, you know, I was thinking to myself, if the Hartman-Caprizov-Zuccarello line, if, two, if two-thirds of that line starts to scuffle, I'll give you a hint. The one-third I'm not talking about wears 97. Is Dean going to have the wherewithal, and I'm afraid he's not, to juggle things up, mm-hmm. to put Boldy with Caprizov at times, to juggle things? Go back and watch. Jacques Lemaire would do this. It doesn't mean you're creating a line that is a line forever. But, you know, you have to make adjustments. And I'm going to tell you right now, they got a big problem. Well, they have a huge problem, especially with Eck out. I mean, Eck's yeah. injury here is huge. Um, yep. He might not do a lot of the sexy things that Kaprizov and Boldy do where he's going to score. You know, I know both of them now are 30 and 40 goal scorers, respectively. Uh, but but Eck does so many things that translate for playoff hockey. Mm-hmm. And with him now being out and you're asking Frederick Goudreau, who is fine when he's Frederick Goudreau, or right. if it's in a shootout. Uh, but yep. now you're asking him to be the Eck, which is a problem. And now you're asking Ryan Hartman to have no fallback option. Now you're asking for Marco Rossi to potentially play completely out of his skis and play out of comfort zone where that's what doomed him from his first tenure, uh, first run here from uh, when he made the team out of training camp this season. So that that is a storyline to watch here. Um, you know, the Nashville game, is a throwaway game. It's going to be a throwaway yeah. game in Rochester, as, as uh, Kurt Russell had, slash Herb Brooks said in, in Miracle. That's a throwaway game. This time next week, if, if, if Judd and myself, by the way, are if you're on with us talking about a wild vent line loss and Dean hasn't made those proper adjustments, it's going to be a quick first-round exit again, which is something wild fans are sick of hearing after being bounced seven times in a row, essentially. From uh, from playoff series here, so it, it has yep. to change. Dean has to make those adjustments, and there are options. There are options at which it's going to take some guts to do it, but there are things that can be, be done in game. Where I was going to say they have a major dilemma that they need to face, and if they don't, shame on them. 
Tonight he was awful. John Klingberg in his own zone really bad. makes me want to jump out of the press box. He is Declan, he is a disaster. He makes he makes ill-timed passes. Tonight he had a really b- bad game too because he didn't even shoot. He was trying to be get cute on the power play at times. Um, but I'm gonna tell you right now, if he has a game like he did tonight in the playoffs, he will cost them a game. Brock Faber has to play for him, right? Like I mean, I I, I would I would see no well, I would see no play. reason for Faber no not play, to play but for him. The power though. play, Declan. The power and play. And look, they they, they 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 brought him in here to try to be this you know revelation. I I applauded the trade. I don't think that was a poor trade for Klingberg. I don't. I don't, I don't revisionist history. I'm not going to go back and redo it. Mm-hmm. You took him off the worst defensive team in the NHL. You're trying to hope that he was still the you know uh, um you know puck moving defenseman that he was, where he can quarterback a power play. It's not working. He's cooked. He's he's cooked. The problem is this. If you take him, and, and I don't disagree, so if my options are Klingberg on the power play, which, by the way, if he's shooting, I really like him there because he finds a way to get shots through, which a lot of guys in this day and age struggle with. Um, but if my options are he's on the power play or he is basically feeding the puck to opponents in his own zone, five on five, I can't have that. He'll cost me a game. Um the other, but but the problem is this as well. So to go on, back in the old days, I would have had Dumba man the point on the first power play, but his shot's gone. He doesn't shoot anymore, and when he does, it's usually high and wide. Um, I don't know, but there's something don't question in my mind that happened in the fight with Kachuk, and then the, the issues that have taken place since then. He can't shoot now. So, like, it's still a heavy shot, but it doesn't get on gold decks. It's kind of so, weird how his floor has risen, but his ceiling has shrunk. Dumb as yes. that is, right? Like, I think that's a good analogy there where where he, he used to have some defensive miscues, but his offensive prowess was so, was so strong, a lot like John Klingberg, where you could kind of yeah. take some of those lapses. And now, I mean, Dumba's fine as a defenseman, but he's no longer the threat that well, he once, we once thought he was going to be year in and year out. He's fine for the most part if things are going well. But so if you do this, and I'm, I think I agree because I don't want Klingberg throwing away a game um, against Dallas in the first period next week. If you do this, do you put Spurgeon as the point man then? Yeah, you'd put, yeah, you'd put Spurgeon. That's probably it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Faber, look, Faber is going to have more speed. Um, he's younger. He's a better skater. He doesn't make – he's not going to give you the offensive component. But honestly, if the trade-off is defensive responsibility, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I just Faber. can't watch what I watched tonight. It was, it was an abomination. It, it sullied the name of good hockey. As much as this team hasn't shown um, – this team, this regime hasn't shown the trust level in younger players, Brock Faber is a better defensive player right now defensive player than John Klingberg and that's not a hot take it's not not, that's that's, easy that's that's an easy decision there so I I wouldn't be shocked at all man like if if, if they open game one Klingberg's a healthy scratch sitting you know sitting in the press box wouldn't shock me at all yeah like and it's weird too because the first goal um, against the Blackhawks last night against and the first goal tonight identical the only change is last night it was Kalen tonight Klingberg they're standing there. They're literally Declan standing there when the puck comes out and the goaltender has no chance and they don't take their man. They don't do anything. And like that, again, in the playoffs, that's death. 
can't it's guarantee can't guarantee Dallas or Colorado, wherever the Wilder heading for game one yet uh, has any popped corn. They have obviously popped corn in press boxes. If they have some popped corn from our friends at Popcorn off Shady Oak Road in Minnetonka, I uh, highly recommend it. It's great, tasty, delicious popcorn. Go check it out. Go to poppedcorn.com. They got a great wild tin. You're ready for the playoffs. So as you're watching games one, two, three, four, hopefully five, six, seven, or even quicker than that with the wild advancing, not getting bounced. You can enjoy some tasty popcorn from our friends at Popped Corn. Go check out Popcorn and Popcorn.com and tell them that Judd's Hockey Show sent you. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. All right, next up on my notepad, Marco Rossi. Here's my opinion. He's damned if he do if he does, he's damned if he doesn't, and here's why. He I don't know how, how much you, you can can watch him on TV, but I tried to watch him tonight on a few of his shifts. Um he is deathly afraid of making a mistake. Hmm. He is uh he is trying to survive. I didn't notice be- him on TV. He's barely no- noticeable because he's not. I don't think he's actively screwing up. He had a he had a turnover last night that resulted after a few more plays in a Blackhawks goal, uh, but tonight he was on a line to start the game, and obviously this didn't last because, as you said, Sam Steele got sick. Uh, Steele on his left, Felino on his right. Do you know what this reminds me of? Hmm. It reminds me of, and you might be too young, but you might recall this. It reminds me of when the Wild recalled Pierre-Marc Bouchard when Jacques was coach. Oh, interesting. And and Jacques was very demanding. And Pierre-Marc, who had a lot of talent, like that dude, and and again, smaller guy. Um, But PMB was basically so afraid to make a mistake that to what you just said is the perfect perfect description. You didn't notice him. Mm -mm. He was just trying to keep his head above water. Um, I had hopes that Rossi could not replace Eck by any means. He's not even close to being the same player, but I had hopes he could contribute. I don't think with Dean, he can, man. I don't think he can like, like perhaps next year again, it'll be next year. Um, But I don't, I mean, I don't think it's going to work because I think the only way to get him to get to a semblance of, of, trying to reach his potential decks would be if you put him with some more skilled players, but clearly Dean is going to force him to be on sort of a grind line. And he, he's not a grinder to a much different degree because I have no idea where Rossi is as far as career arc, but to a much different degree, I would liken a little bit to Boldy who we said, how many times you've got to put him with better players, right? Like yeah. Matthew Boldy has to be with, better players and they got Johansson and what happened? Matthew Boldy broke out. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember peak Pierre Mark Bouchard before the concussions really derailed him. And then to be honest, a lot of wild fans uh, who probably don't really remember him or newer, younger wild fans. I mean, that, that is a sneaky like injury that we don't talk a lot about in Minnesota sports. He looked really good Judd in, in this towards the latter years of Jacques and concussions really ruined things for him. I, I don't, I remember 
probably maybe a better one, right, is when Gramlin first got called up, right? And there wasn't a, there wasn't a great fit there. It looked like he was seeing stars. He he the game from the Olympics didn't translate right away. It took him a little bit, mm-hmm. and then eventually he turned into a very productive NHL player, still playing in the NHL today. Um, but you need to see these guys, you know, have confidence when they play. Marco Rossi is going to take me a little bit. Uh, Roll those R's. It's hard. Rossi. Um, Gross. is, Ooh, is nice. gonna is going to take some time here it's he's not a bust i see people in the youtube comment section he's yeah. already he's not a bust we can't say that close yeah no. that yet um but he's he's playing scared and I, I think that's that's unfortunately um the the scary thing for him is his health things have been resolved his play in the ahl is there there's a reason he was a top 10 pick but man you can see you know the lack of confidence from people, whether it's hockey or any time in ice said that they just, sometimes they don't have that self-confidence and just want to grab them by the shoulders and shake them being like, why can't you have the damn confidence? And that's what you kind of see with Rossi that uh, you'd like to see him have, you know, hopefully by the playoffs or obviously yeah. by next season. But you know, I, I think Dean is so in, into his structure and I get that. Okay. But when you are, when you are basically playing, first of all, with grinders, like you're not playing with top end offensive talent, and second of all, you're basically told this is our system. And and the other part about this too is, as a center, he's got responsibilities that go way beyond the uh, wingers. So like he's responsible for coming back for. So with all of that, I just don't think it's going to work for the playoffs. I I am with you. He is not a bust. We have no idea yet. Like this is going to take some time. Um, it's been disappointing so far to date. I would agree with that. What is your confidence if Johansson is hurt? Because this didn't look, that didn't look good. Like he took a cross check to the ribs. That that looked like he could have. I hope he didn't uh, broken a rib. What is your confidence that Gustav Nyquist can step in and take that role? Ooh, I think I think you're muted, Dex. There you go. Uh, yeah. If it would it would feel a lot better if. Um with Nyquist stepping in for Johansson, then, you know, when the wild lost Eck and they, you know, have to ask Goudreau to play above level or ask, you know, Sam Steele now to play a lot more. I, I feel a lot better with someone like Nyquist stepping in, but God, that will just be, that'll be such a blow. If, if they lose Johansson, he has been phenomenal. I believe 18 points in his or 17 points in his last 18 games going into this one. I mean, him and Boldy have developed some nice chemistry there. Yeah. You already lost Eck. I mean, losing Johansson would be a, a pretty big ball breaker to, to put it put, put it frankly. Um, but Nyquist looked good in his debut again. Understood why he didn't play tonight in the second half of the back to back. But you got a week here, and everyone everyone's hurt. By the way, you know everyone's banged up. Everyone who yeah. has played all these games, no one's a hundred percent. People are sore. There's nicks. There's bruises. There's things that aren't going great because uh, you've been playing a damn sport where you're just trying to block a hockey puck and score the other hockey puck against oppositions that are whacking you first for two and a half hours. Uh, but man, I, I hope that injury is not serious here. And and if they want to dress the Iowa wild on Thursday night, I highly recommend it. Oh God. Yes. Yes. And I, I also think I'm curious now too, with the fact that Rosie looks uncomfortable. I'm, I wonder if Dean, if they're going to consider Sam Steele, assuming that he was just sick and is fine, obviously, I wonder if they're going to consider Sam Steele at center on that, that line. I mean, I just, the guy we saw tonight, I don't think he'd play in a playoff game. No. Like, I mean, you can't play. You, you a can't play. Yeah, and you can't play scared. And to your point, you know, when you basically are are a 
or worry high-end skill guy. I mean, that's your forte and you're not doing a damn thing. And he's all, he always looks like he's concerned about being beaten, blah, blah, blah. Um, where does the Reeves-Lowry heavyweight duel rank on, on your fights of recent wild vintage that you've seen? Because Lowry was a capable opponent, which I appreciated for Ryan Reeves. Yeah, it was it was a good bout. Again, I didn't love um, just the last 90 seconds of the game. I didn't love them stooping to it. I mean, it was a great fight. If just in the vacuum, the fight itself was, was good to see a couple of haymakers going back and forth. But when you're seeing guys like Joe Hansen getting injured and um, – all that stuff going back and forth. I, I didn't, I didn't love that last two minutes, but yes, I mean, it's Ryan Reeves. So if anyone wants to drop it and go toe to toe with them, Lowry had that opportunity. Um, liked what I saw. Felino wanted at the bench. He oh, was I mean, he trying was, to get the, at who's the Winnipeg's coach. Bench. He was going crazy. Who's Winnipeg's Rick coach? Rick Bonus. Yeah. And Bonus was a former star. 80 coach. years old. Yes. Um, he, I just kidding. He was, I think, uh, chirping Felino too, and even made a, like a, you know, a, a hand gesture of like calm down oh, and whatnot. Really? Look, look pissed at him. Oh, really? Um, looked very interesting. At least on the TV, bro. I couldn't tell who he was looking at. You know, I couldn't tell if he was barking at an official or his own player, or Marcus, whoever the hell it was. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, if these two teams met in the playoffs, God, that would be fun. I highly doubt they'll meet, meet uh, see each other in the postseason no, this year. But, the Jets um, will have no the the no Wild. The Wild might be fortunate to get past at the right things are going the first round. The Jets could pack it in right now and say, we clinched the playoff spot, let's go home, and they'd be absolutely, absolutely fine. So the in- injury list before we get done here, the injury list right now is Eric Zanek, mm-hmm. Joe Hansen, Sunquist. Am I missing in anyone of note who could be playing? Well, obviously, you know, X out. You know, that's just a, a Yeah, no, Eck. Yep, Eck, Joe Hansen, Sunquist. Yeah, right now, I think that is all correct there, because I think the blue line is, if I'm not mistaken, intact. Um, and I and oh Shaw as well, but Shaw was fourth line guy, so that's that's one, two, three, four guys. The oh. Johansson thing scares me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what's up? You know what this this marker was? I'm now seeing the surface on Twitter. Bonus did this this motion to Dean. He was trying to provoke Dean. Rick Bonus was trying to oh, challenge yeah, Derek, Dean Everson. In our comments, Bonus yeah, was challenging Dean. I'm looking at the clip right now. Did that's Dean what come that back was. at him? Did no, Dean he just come kinda, back at him? He did the Creed Brat and stare into the back of his skull. Rick Bonus wants no part of Dean. I'm going to tell you I, that right now. I think Dean Everson would, would rip him would, apart. Yes. he would. I'm not being a homer. No. Uh, there's things Dean does that I don't like. Yeah. But um, I'm going to tell you right now, Dean is chiseled. Yeah. Rick? Rick, probably about the same shape yeah, I'm in, Rick, which is in terrible on. shape. Come in fact, on. speaking of that, guess, <laughs> guess what? I used to be in bad shape, but these days I'm in far superior shape, although not a Dean-like shape. And how? It's through the friends, my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who helped me drop 40 pounds. Most importantly, they help you keep the weight off. Like I said, it's weight control, folks. It's not a diet. It's not a fad. I'll continue to say it, what it is. It's a program that works. You're going to shed the weight, and then you're going to keep that weight off. And now you're saying, but, Sports Dad, you got any deals for me? Of course I come with deals. I want to help you out. First eight weeks are free. 855-GO-LIVIA, livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Even if you get in shape, do not challenge Dean Everson to a fight, though. He will kick your ass and mine and bonuses as well. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. Okay, this is interesting. 
Yeah, this is uh, you've seen that clip that's now kind of going no, through. but I'm looking at the comments here and yeah. folks are go go look at the Twitter at at at, at it, Jada. Maybe I can even send it to you. Um, in, in fact, hold, wait, wait, wait. I will look and and how about the Timberwolves up by 11 at halftime? Yeah, this is this I, is I, all good news. Uh, you, you can you can watch this YouTube channel by the way. If if the Wolves pull off that win, you'll you'll see yes. a post game from Phil and uh, Kyle Tagge. And if not, regardless, we'll break it all down on Mackie and Judd uh, tomorrow as well. And uh, by the way, for wild hockey fans, as Judd now is watching this video, <laughs> Dean Everson's like, "Come over here." Yeah, he would do that. Dean motioned to him to come over here. Um, this little little last thing here before we wrap up, we will have a wild vent line. We'll have wild post game reactions for every single game in the postseason uh, this year as well. So this time next week, likely the Wild will be, uh, have played or will be playing their first game uh, of a potential playoff series. Hit the subscribe button. We're going to be your home. We've been your home, obviously, all season for wild coverage. We appreciate that. Uh, but this will be a home for you, for you to get on screen, talk with us about the game, or just hear Judd and I talk about it as well. We'll still welcome in Jesse. We'll still welcome in AJ. We'll weave those guys throughout the content as well, um, whenever they can join throughout the playoffs as well. So if you're if you're wondering where they're going to be, they'll still be with us, of course, on Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, so hit that subscribe button, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Write that down, predictions tomorrow on Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. Plenty of content coming your way tomorrow, and remember, pass, shoot, score.